0: I've already told you. When the gas is put into Gotham's water supply, the entire city will be affected. Why Won't you believe me? I think this plot is just another delusion. Otherwise, why come to Arkham, the one place where costumed delusional personalities can receive compassionate help? I didn't come here for help. I came to find the criminal behind all this. Really, bad man. As if a criminal could run an outside operation from in here? Jack Napier, Harvey Dent, Pamela Isley? Or as you call them, the Joker, Two-Face, and Poison Ivy. We keep them all under constant watch. They're not responsible for this madness. There's only one criminal twisted enough to come up with such a scheme. The Scarecrow. Professor Crane? What
1: nonsense! Professor Crane? Stop name dropping, you twit. (laughs) Oh, man, what a day of. Putting together an issue, putting together an issue is tricky. It's, it's, it, it takes a while. There's always, there's always something that you feel like you've missed. Sometimes you just have to take a break. You know, you just have to kind of, kind of just refresh, step back and throw on something that you can kind of zone out to something, something so comforting and so a part of who you are. Something like Batman, the animated series, maybe. There will, there will most certainly, certainly be uh, an, an issue or two or three thousand uh, about that amazing, amazing animated series from 1992. It changed everything. It changed the game. It changed cartoons. It changed how people made cartoons for kids. Uh, it changed how kids watched those cartoons. I mean, oh, it was just so groundbreaking. I'm not saying anything new. So, you know, instead of rushing out an issue, instead of putting an issue out there that may be incomplete, not ready for your for your ears, kiddos, I decided to watch an episode of Batman the Animated Series, the good old BTAS, season one, episode 28. And let me tell you, I can think of 28 and many more reasons why this particular episode of Batman the Animated Series is nearly perfect. I mean, it's, it's heart of ice- Levels. I mean, it's not quite that, but I mean, it's it's close. It's pretty it's really good. Um, I'm, of course, talking about Dreams in Darkness, the third appearance of the Scarecrow in this series. Uh, I believe, according to Bruce, Tim, I think, said this. Um, it, this was his third redesign. Uh, he showed up and he looked much different in his initial episode. Nothing to fear. Um, and then he returned uh, in this episode called uh, the second episode. Uh, called Fear of Victory, and that was actually interesting because while it's not the first chronological episode that Robin appeared in, uh, this was the first episode that aired that had Robin in it. Uh, That was a little factoid there for you. That would be the second appearance, Fear of Victory. This, though, is Dreams in Darkness. This is perhaps one of the scariest... Uh. Uh, renditions of the Scarecrow. I mean, Batman's the the victim of the fear toxin in this one, and he has these amazingly beautiful and horrifying um, hallucinations. It goes back to his parents' murder, and it goes to his fear of his Rogues Gallery. It's so amazing, but I gotta tell you, there are just a few things, and that's why I don't anticipate us uh, having too long of an in lieu of a regular issue this time because there's so there's so few things that I can I can I can pick out. But I do have to nitpick a few things, and I'm gonna be that annoying guy at the party who has a podcast and and monopolize all of your time by being a contrarian. But I promise I really, really, really uh, love um, and cherish this this episode. There's just a few things when I when I watch it back, which I'm about to do here in my dilapidated ranch outside of home, Pennsylvania. There are just some there are just a few things that if it was just tweaked a little bit, in my opinion, it would it would be one of the perfect episodes. So again, like the last time we did this, um, if I offend any of you, um, if I offended you back then with Spider-Man Two, my criticism of Spider-Man Two, I uh, I apologize and I do apologize in advance for any of you who think that Season One, Episode Twenty-Eight, "Dreams in Darkness," is the perfect episode of Batman: The Animated Series. In lieu of a regular issue, this is me sweating the details in "Dreams in Darkness." The Warner Brothers logo has transformed into the police blimp, and I'm hooked. I've got to confess, I'm not watching this episode of the show uh, on DVD. Of course, I have the DVD version of this show, as well as the Blu-ray version, which I'm watching now, and I own it in several places digitally. And whatever the next iteration of media will be, I'm going to have that too. But this uh, opening, I'm watching in Blu-ray, and it is amazing. There's so much that I thought I knew about every single shape and detail, but it's just, it's a, they're paintings. You know, they're just these wonderful, wonderful paintings that just, I didn't think they could look uh, more incredible, but I was proven wrong. And maybe I'll be proven wrong again someday with some new format. There's always time to heal. There's always time to heal, the doctor told me. But he was wrong. There was no time left. Not for me, not
0: for him, and not for Gotham City. And as long as I remained trapped in Arkham, there was nothing I could do. Except wait for the end, and remember the beginning.
1: You know what was amazing about this episode? Um, it's one of the only ones that I can remember where Batman narrates the episode. He's the voiceover, regaling us um, about this encounter. So he's he's giving us the episode, or we're, or we're getting the episode uh, from the future. Um, he's already past this adventure, and he's and he's telling us about it. I think that that was a really interesting touch, and I think maybe one of the reasons why this particular episode, as good as it is, as as nearly great. It is great, as nearly perfect as it is. Um, I think it sticks out uh, maybe a little bit more in other people's minds and maybe in my own because of the unusual, I think, for this show structure. I'm trying to think. I'm racking my brain to think of another episode where they're doing voiceovers or someone's doing voiceover. I mean, I guess maybe um, Showdown with uh, Jonah Hex, perhaps. Uh, maybe Raish. I know Raish is narrating the story via, I think, cassette tape or something as Batman and Robin are in the Batmobile trying to cut him off at the airport or something. Um, I can't think of anything. I can't think of another episode. Um, if, if anyone out there can think of it, um, let me know. Remember, email, 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 dixby at in lieu of and Instagram. Come on, kiddos at in lieu of underscore podcast.
0: Huh? Bummer. Ha Precisely on schedule. Now, Torchy.
1: Torchy. Torchy, Torchy, Torchy. I like the name Torchy. Batman's fighting Torchy. Batman actually just defeated Torchy. I love that his name's Torchy. Um, he's not uh, Firefly. Um, no, Torchy's just a guy. He just worked for Scarecrow, and Scarecrow kind of just screwed him over. Oh, and this is when Batman starts hallucinating. Oh, when I first saw this, and Joker and Joker was in the Batcave, and he was walking up behind him, and there was a there was a moment there um, that I I could have uh, the world could have ended or something something terrible uh, could have happened. There could have been an earthquake or or so, or I could have just been suddenly set on fire. And the last thing I would have thought is Joker's in the Batcave. Do something. I'm. I need help. Look out. Joker's
0: got a bomb.
1: Some thought I'd gone mad. Others thought
0: I always had been. And so they put me where they thought I belonged. And not yet. His mask is at the root of his delusional fixation. To take it off might plunge him into a catatonic state.
1: This is amazing. He's going to take the mask off. Because why wouldn't you? He's a patient like why do they let them they let everyone in arkham asylum stay in their costumes in some in some episodes in joker's wild they don't but are you kidding me and then he's going to take the mask off and then bartholomew no it'll it'll trigger a it'll trigger a psychotic episode
0: really bad man as if a criminal could run an outside operation from in here jack napier harvey dent pamela isley or as you call them the joker two-face and poison ivy we keep them all under constant watch
1: the little chats that they have in this episode make me laugh um because dr bartholomew um he name drops like crazy professor crane stop name dropping you twit Here we are at the first uh, of the Arkham hallucinations. I believe there are um, there are a few of these, but two main ones, and they're kind of the two that I'm going to be talking about. And I mean, this is this is amazing. This is remarkable. This is one of the best interpretations of the um, Thomas and Martha Wayne um, murder. I mean, it's gorgeous. It's you can clearly tell that this is a it's a not real. It's fantastical looking. Um, there looks like there's something wrong with the city and they they are going in the parents they go into the tunnel and then the tunnel you know the ground shifts beneath batman and the bridge breaks away and the and the tunnel's the gun oh and it's it's horrifying and then batman's lifted up in in the center of this piece of earth and there's flames all around him and the gun blows up in his and it's like the entire city is exploding in his face and then we we cut back to his cell and he's in the fetal position in his straitjacket i mean it is ju- i it's nothing it's nothing short of remarkable that-
0: Batman. He's no longer of consequence. It was no accident his turning up at the hell spa, you know. I leaked rumors of a burglary there. You set him up? Of course. And now that he's been exposed to the gas, he's achieved the fate he truly deserved. You mean Batman's... <laughs> Oh, he's much worse than that. Much, much worse than that.
1: <laughs> Scarecrow is so on point. Um, the Grim Reaper pocket watch. I wanted one of those. I wanted one of those. I didn't even know really what how a pocket watch worked or... Or you know, really, what I would do with it? I guess I would put it in my pocket because it's a pocket watch. But wow, I really wanted that little—the little—it's just counting the seconds, and it's—he's—he's he's just a little grim reaper. Um, it's amazing. It's amazing. I feel like Scarecrow didn't buy that somewhere. He—he definitely—he had that made special. <gasps> <laughs> It's the it's the second Arkham scene and it's the second Arkham hallucination and he sees the rat become the Joker and oh that is that is horrifying. That is the scariest. And then the and then the spotlight, he drops his flashlight, and then the light appears, and here comes the Joker. But do you want to know what my big quibble with this with this episode is? The thing that just prevents it in my mind from being perfect. They didn't have the original voice actors for these characters come back. Um, It's not Hamill. It's clearly not Hamill. Um, And I don't think that they're trying to hide that. I feel like it's it's a hallucination, right? So why would it be exactly um you know it's not happening in real life and maybe that's the rationale because i can think of another example um in the episode the forgotten uh where um bruce gets knocked about to the head area and he um forgets who he is and he gets um conscripted into a chain gang somewhere some illegal chain gang out in the country somewhere and you know and then he has a he has a dream where um you know he's you know he's trying to help people and give people money, but there's too many people, and and it's just the hopelessness surrounding him. And then he's in a hall of mirrors for some reason, and he sees himself. So he's he's disguised himself. He has like the white hair and the and the you know the white tank top and the jeans, and he sees uh, the real Bruce Wayne, his reflection in the mirror. You know the guy with the with the black hair and the suit. Uh, the tan and yellow suit um and then he's laughing this reflection's laughing and then it becomes the joker and i think it's actually kevin conroy doing the joker laugh and he kind of and you know he has this very strange laugh um it's really it's, it is dark it's creepy but i think and you know maybe that is the precedent
0: Robin. Alfred. you've got to help me it's too late for that bruce you've lived in darkness too long Yes, do come and talk, Master Bruce. It's time to go home.
1: Poison Ivy's there, and she has her vine arms and she's pulling him uh pulling batman into the abyss you know the grounds opened and there's a certain doom waiting below and batman's struggling you know L- you know let me go he's he's trying to get away from poison ivy um the point you know alfred and robin come out and you know they're they're there and they're sort of part of the hallucination you know they they mock bruce and it's um ephraim Zemblis jr and lauren lester and they're they're you know, their voices are used. Um, but it's weird that the Poison Ivy uh, character, um, I think, and it's not Diane Pershing, though, um, who played Poison Ivy. It's not her voice, it's someone else. She doesn't actually talk, um, but I think she grunts when she, you know, pulls back and pulls Batman finally into the abyss. Um, I don't know. There was just something about it. I guess I was used to at this point. Um, When they would when they would do throwback um, episodes, very much like actually fear of victory is actually a really good example. And, you know, Batman and Robin, they go to Arkham um, to see if uh, Jonathan Crane, uh, a.k.a. Scarecrow, is in his cell and thus not behind uh, whatever plot he's committing in that in that particular episode. And Batman walks past uh, Joker's cell, Poison Ivy cell. Uh, She doesn't speak. uh, And neither does Two-Face, actually. He's just sitting there flipping his coin and obviously Jonathan Crane is not in his cell. Uh, he is definitely the one behind it. But I remember Mark Hamill um, has a line where he says something like the cows familiar, but I'm blinking on the face. I think that's a direct quote. Um, and he, you know, and he laughs and it's the it's the standard, you know, Hamill laugh. It's the one we've all known. You know, it's the, it's the one we all know and love. Um Again, though, it's not a hallucination. It's not a dream. It's happening in real life. And maybe those are the in-universe rules of Batman the Animated Series that I've just realized and and cracked um, on this in lieu of a regular issue. But I think that that's just, that's something about this this episode that also always sticks with me is how much creepier it would have been for it to just have been the Joker. And I feel like they had uh, audio from previous episodes or outtakes of you know Mark Hamill laughing. Um, he always said, or he says in interviews, Right. That he always uh, laughed on set and he would practice laughing and, you know, he'd be laughing in between takes and and things like that. They must have had something that they could have just used because the Joker actually doesn't have any lines um, in this hallucination in Arkham. Um He just laughs. He just laughs a lot. And it's this high pitched laugh. It's just off and it's just it's not as creepy. And it's that one little detail that and I think the the Penguin sort of when his head, um, you know, he, he sort of he comes out of the ground. He's, you know, twice not twice. He's uh, 20 times uh, bigger than he ought to be uh, because it's a hallucination and it's scary. Um, And he's, you know, he opens his umbrella and it causes the um, stalactites to fall um, almost, you know, injuring Batman or so it seems in his in his hallucination. And, you know, there's a point where Penguin then becomes Two-Face and his head sort of pops open. Uh, It's 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 horrible. It's awesome. It's so neat. And it it's it It happens um uh, very quickly, and he just sort of like he just kind of squawks. he goes, Rah! and his head explodes into two face, and he sort of just it you know the the husk, the penguin husk sort of just falls to two faces' feet. Uh, Two Face is flipping his coin uh, menacingly and then as he you know he flips it into the air and as it comes down it's a it's a buzz saw blade. And you know he throws it at Batman and Batman has to duck out of the way and then I think that's when Two Face melts and turns into poison ivy, um, Alfred and Robin appear, et cetera, et cetera, Uh it's just it's just clearly off. And I think that when I'm when I was a kid, I noticed it. And I think that that's a testament to, not me as a kid, but how this show treated uh, the kids who were watching it. You know, I feel like this show never talked down to the audience. There's definitely a few episodes here and there. I don't know, but just sort of of off from the rest of the show, I'm thinking of The Mechanic for some reason. I don't know. I just, that one never sort of sat well with me or or sort of felt like a natural, uh, like it was a natural Batman, the animated series episode. It felt more like a... Like almost like a sixty one of one of the sixties episodes. It it's not. It's clearly not. It, there's so many things that wouldn't have been able. They wouldn't have been able to do in the sixty show in that episode. The mechanic. But there's just something. Yeah, there's something off about that episode. And then I just feel like respecting the kids, you know, we would pick up on something like that. We knew what the Joker sounded like. We knew what his voice was. I mean, there's a reason why it's become so iconic and why one of the roles that Mark freaking Hamill is known for, you know, the guy who who played and plays Luke Skywalker. um, This is one of his most heralded roles, if not equal on par, I think you could argue with. Uh, The portrayal of Luke Skywalker. So come on, it's so iconic. And it was almost in a way uh, iconic. Then it really was that distinct. It was that, you know, that that voice was so uh, for us watching this as as young kids. I mean, that voice was just imprinted on our brains. We were terrified and enthralled at the same time. And he would vary his laughing like it wasn't always the same laugh. You know, you know, Cesar Romero had pretty much his standard laugh. I mean, he would have variations on it from time to time. But but Hamill, it was always different. Uh, Go watch Joker's Wild and listen to him laugh there and then listen to him laugh in um the laughing fish. And then uh, what's another kind of standout from that one? Uh, be a clown. Actually, be a clown. Do those three and tell me. Um, that any that you can find any of those laughs in common you will be able to find some of the laughs in common but i mean there's such uh distinctions there and there's so many different ones i feel like this topic that i'm talking about uh could be another in lieu of a regular issue and i'm spoiling it now well i guess consider it a freebie kiddos
0: the great batman scared out of his mind how does it feel
1: and yeah the rest of the episodes just brilliant and even that scene that 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 scene in arkham is really brilliant it's beautiful uh it's a masterpiece almost again just it's it the the look of it uh the 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 just the way it's it's staged um the way that the just just the art direction and um how the characters move and um just the, all the choices that they make um especially from an from an animation perspective uh just brilliant but i just that's the thing that sticks out in my mind and everything else about this episode um is on point for me and i feel uh you know i'm i'm i feel i feel like i've become over the course of this recording a worse person because i'm criticizing this this episode yeah i don't know what it is um but that is i'm gonna stand by that position i just i i can't um strike it from my mind um when i when i think about this this episode it's a classic and it's almost perfect they almost got it almost got him it uh, i'm just the worst
0: there you go as simple as that Thanks, Alfred. It's good to know I'm safe here.
1: So yeah, kiddos, that's it. I told you this would be a pretty short endeavor. It's a really, really strong episode. I know I've said that. I'm trying to think of all the different ways I've said that now. Rest assured now, kiddos, this is not the last time that we will be talking about the incomparable Batman the Animated Series. But for right now, I'm going to ask you to, to stay tuned, kiddos. Stay tuned for what comes next on this show. Remember, you can always email me at dixby at in And also, also follow us on Instagram at in lieu of underscore podcast. We're going to be back. Um, we're, we're aiming for next week to have our next full issue of in Lue of. So until then, kiddos, let this let this music that you're hearing that's playing me out right now. Let it just let it just wash over you as this very brief in lieu of a regular issue, non-issue issue thing comes to a close. And always remember that while I might be vengeance, while I might be the knight, I will always be Dixby Caravaggio.